We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sarah, John Harbaugh promised to cast a wide net during his end-of-season press conference. And as the team continues its search for its next offensive coordinator, he's certainly stood by his word. Yeah, and Bobby, for the first time throughout this process, Baltimore is rumored to be linked to a college play caller. We'll profile Georgia's Todd Munkin just ahead. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. It's Monday, January 30th. And this is your Morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. I'll run you through what we learned from Conference Championship Weekend in the NFL now that the stage for Super Bowl 57 in Arizona is set. And I'll give you a little teaser about the first lesson. The Bengals got exactly what they deserved in the loss to the Chiefs after being obnoxious all season. Plus, could Ravens QB Tyler Huntley actually be Pro Bowl bound? We have all that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. All right, Bobby, let's catch everyone up to speed on Baltimore's ongoing search for its next offensive coordinator, Tell us what shook out over this weekend. Yeah, Sarah, I mean, this is just as fluid as fluid gets, like right off the bat. You know, John Harbaugh and the Ravens are just pumping out interviews and interview requests for their next OC, and they decided to go to the college well over the weekend. So that's kind of where we're at right now. And Bobby, this isn't just any college OC. We're talking about one of the most decorated play callers that the college level has to offer. So. What should people know about Georgia's Todd Munkin? Well, first and foremost, according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, the Ravens interviewed Munkin over the weekend, who was also scheduled to speak with the Buccaneers for their vacancy as well. But Munkin is obviously a proven winner. I mean, having called plays for Georgia, leading the Bulldogs to back-to-back national championships over the last two seasons, right? Under head coach Kirby Smart, he's proven for sure. In 2022, Georgia's offense ranked fifth in the NCAA in points with 41.1 and fifth in total yards per game with 501.1. So, okay, some of that has to do with the personnel, right? But the play callers, ultimately the ones 
who's pressing all the buttons up top in the booth. And I think he deserves to be treated uh, as such. This is a big name. Yeah, it certainly is. And so that looks good there with this his college dominance and the play calling there. Catch us up on what his resume looks outside of that. Yeah, so prior to his time in Athens, uh, Munkin served as offensive coordinator for the Browns, actually, in 2019, just for a season. And before that, he was the OC for the Bucks from 2016 to 2018. So, yeah, I mean, he's got plenty of NFL experience, but the majority, the overwhelming majority of his success has come at the college level over the last few seasons with Georgia. All right. And what about Eric Bieniemy? I know we've heard a little bit about him. Is there anything new, anything concrete that's developed with the the Chiefs offensive coordinator? Really only that the Ravens have definitely submitted a request to interview him. That we learned over the weekend, according to Adam Schefter. And that's all that's really out there at this moment. Now, obviously the Chiefs are still winning. They're still very much in it for Super Bowl 57. So I do wonder how that halts or maybe pauses or prolongs Baltimore's process. Well, that's something to certainly monitor in the coming weeks. But one thing to be on the lookout for this week, though, now that San Francisco's eliminated, is some Bobby Slowick buzz. I know you're high on this guy. We've talked about him a little bit. He is the young 35-year-old passing game coordinator under Kyle Shanahan. And just so you know, just so we're bookmarking here and bookkeeping, Another young, bright mind who's available as of Sunday night, Sarah, is the Cowboys offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, after those two sides agreed to mutually part ways. All right, and then just one other reminder in case it was missed last week. One of Baltimore's reported candidates, Frank Reich, is no longer available after he was recently named the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Still to come here on The Vault, the Cincinnati Bengals lost. Good. So NFL Conference Championship weekend is in the books with the Philadelphia Eagles flying high, easily advancing to the Super Bowl over the San Francisco 49ers. What followed the early game was a much more entertaining contest in the AFC title game with the Kansas City Chiefs edging out the Cincinnati Bengals thanks to a Harrison Bucker game-winning field goal. Sarah, this one was one for the ages and Specifically, when you're talking about what Patrick Mahomes was able to do on a bum ankle, I mean, this was the stuff of legend. What are some of the lessons that we learned, you learned, by watching the top four teams over the weekend? Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what my top lesson is, and that's that the Bengals got exactly what they deserve in their loss to the Chiefs. Bobby, you and I both know this. This Cincinnati team has been insufferable this year. From their whining to their trash talking. I mean, coming off that Super Bowl appearance last year that, by the way, they didn't even win. They've acted as if they're God's gift to football. Then this year, they've complained about an impossible schedule nightmare after DeMar Hamlin had that on-field cardiac arrest and the Bengals-Bills game had to be canceled. And then... They acted tough after they beat Baltimore with a backup quarterback that handed their defense essentially a game-winning touchdown. And I mean, Bobby, they've just had zero class towards the teams that were already knocked out of the playoffs with all that Cancun talk. So they've obviously been nothing but obnoxious whiners. So yeah, I'll be honest, it was a pleasure to watch them lose. Okay, (laughs) now that I've got that off my chest... 
Let me move on to the second lesson learned from the conference championship weekend, which is, Bobby, that undisciplined football will cost you games. Yeah, and before we get to that, can I just say it's such a bummer that Joe Burrow says and does everything the right way. He's class personified, yet some of his teammates around him, right, the Eli Apples of the world, the Mike Hiltons, they were the ones that created this you-know-what storm for the team over the last week or so. So it is kind of a bummer. And I'd have to think that deep down, even though I'm sure Joe got a, a little smirk out of the whole Burrow head theme of the week, I'd have to think he's probably like, can we just allow our, our play on the field to do the talking for us? And I wonder if that ends up being the Cincy MO uh, come 2023 fall. But what you just referred to is that late hit out of bounds, right, from Joseph Asai on Patrick Mahomes. Sarah, it might go down as one of the most ill-advised penalties in the history of the conference championship game. Had he just let up on the play, I know emotions are high, adrenaline's through the roof, but had he just kind of controlled his body a little bit there, the Chiefs would have been at the 42-yard line with eight seconds left and really needed a Hail Mary play to win the game. And instead, an egregious error and that penalty put KC at Cincy's 27 and Bucker did the rest. Yeah, and Bobby, we also saw undisciplined play by the 49ers too. Now, look, they probably wouldn't have won anyway because they were down to their fourth string quarterback, but that undisciplined play certainly didn't help. But Bobby, speaking of San Fran's fourth stringer, that brings me to my next lesson learned. And that's that Josh Johnson should probably no longer be viewed as a valuable backup quarterback. Now, Ravens fans will remember Johnson from last year when he was a backup for Tyler Huntley after Lamar Jackson went down with that foot injury. Now, Johnson ended up starting for Baltimore in that Week 16 loss to the Bengals. He wasn't great in that game, and he was even worse when he came in as the 49ers' fourth stringer uh, Sunday. Now, as you may know, the 49ers lost Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo earlier this year, and then they lost Brock Purdy to an elbow injury early on in Sunday's game. Now, once Johnson came on, he didn't last long. He sustained a head injury that knocked him out, but not before he muffed a perfectly fine snap and fumbled it away to the Eagles. Bobby, he couldn't even fall down on his fumble that was right at his feet. So that was when really the tides turned and there was no chance for the San Francisco 49ers to come back. So Sarah, Josh Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, has now played for 14 teams over his 15-year career. Like he's the definition of a quarterback journeyman, right? And like, hey, all due respect, man. Like that's that takes longevity, consistency, availability, all that. Like team after team seems to call his number when they find themselves in a thin position. But after what you and I have now seen in back-to-back -back seasons, I wonder if it's time those teams start calling a different number. Yeah, no doubt, Bobby. And now we're on to the last lesson learned from Sunday's games. But I've really learned it over the playoffs dating back to the wild card round. And that's watching the trio of the top AFC offenses in the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs. I believe the Ravens have the defense to slow them down. We saw that in the Bengals-Ravens wildcard round. What is abundantly clear, though, is that the offense in Baltimore needs to take a giant step forward if they want to keep up with these top teams. And we know what the path is to doing exactly that. One, sign Lamar Jackson to a long-term deal. Easier said than done. Just ask the front office. Two, 
hire an offensive coordinator that will unlock Lamar as a passer and marry that to a strong run game. Three, rebuild the receiver room. I think you've heard that a time or two here on the pod. Look, we get it. Those are the three things. It's not an easy list, but it's one that Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh and this front office must complete successfully in order to return and compete with the AFC elites moving forward. Bobby, I don't think anyone had Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley on a bingo card before the start of this past season in Baltimore. I sure hope no one did, but that label, Sarah, is a legitimate possibility for Snoop given the following circumstances. We know Patrick Mahomes is Super Bowl bound, which eliminates his Pro Bowl eligibility. Alternates to a tug of Aloha and Justin Herbert aren't available due to respective injuries. And the third alternate QB, Lamar Jackson, obviously is not expected to test out his knee for a Pro Bowl appearance. So yeah, crazy enough, Snoop is listed as the fourth alternate quarterback, meaning if Joe Burrow were to opt out of his invite in the coming weeks, Snoop is Pro Bowl bound. All right, Bobby, I hope nobody takes this the wrong way because I got a ton of love for Snoop. He helped the Ravens get that playoff berth. But are you telling me a backup who played in just six games this season gets in over a Trevor Lawrence in that scenario? Yeah, I completely hear what you're saying. It doesn't add up. But we got to remember, the voting process is decided by the numbers. Fans, players, and coaches represent the three categories and each make up one-third of the vote that ultimately determines the 88 Pro Bowler nominees. So honestly, bigger picture, the issue I have with the Pro Bowl at this point is that it lacks incentive. It's basically turned into a bunch of creative, small, individual, and team skill competitions. Like, are we really saying that an honor that really, I mean, hey, this honor helps decide player bonuses in the fine print of contracts, right? Legacies, when it's all said and done, and even Hall of Fame candidacies in some way. Though All those things are tied to something that doesn't even pack a punch, if you ask me. It just doesn't do much for me. And in Trevor's case, right, Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars QB, he should without question be going to his first Pro Bowl this year. And before we fly, some other quick news items you need to know. Beginning with ESPN hyping up the Baltimore Bullies 30 for 30 series that will debut this coming Sunday on February 5th. Here's Ray Lewis reliving the defensive shutout against the New York Giants in the Super Bowl. Don't let nobody fool you with this 34-7. They didn't score. New York Giants, 16 offensive possessions. Punt, 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 interception, punt, interception, interception, punt, interception. Punt, 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 end of the game. And why not end today's podcast with a little bit more joy about the Bengals losing? You may have heard the Cincinnati mayor was just as obnoxious as the team itself earlier this week by making a proclamation that included saying officials requested that Joe Burrow take a paternity test to confirm whether he's Patrick Mahomes' father. Good afternoon, Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. 
be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC Championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. Whereas all season long, Cincinnati has been on a path of destiny, fighting it out to overcome anyone who stands between them and a Super Bowl win. And whereas Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. Now, therefore, I, Aftab Pierval, mayor of the city of Cincinnati, do hereby proclaim January 29th, 2023, as they got to play us day in Cincinnati. Thank you. So after listening to that, I'll just give the floor to Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey during the conference trophy presentation. Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right, your body! I knew he was gonna be up for one more of those. And just for good measure, here's Kelsey making an impromptu appearance, crashing Mahomes' post-game interview on CBS. First off, I just want to thank God, man. Thanks for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. You can also catch us on YouTube by searching The Vault. And we recently hit another milestone, 4,000 subscriptions. So we're building every day. And it's all thanks to you. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. That is all the time we've got today, but be on the lookout for our conversation with ESPN 30 for 30 co-directors Ken Rogers and Jason Weber, who will help us preview Bullies of Baltimore on the 2000 Super Bowl winning Ravens. Ravens.